Are you going to get shook up today? I think you will. I think you will. Why? Because Mike Capuzzi is here today and he knows all about what to be shook. And we're going to explain what all of that is. We're talking about books today. We're talking about a very special kind of book. And Mike is here to share with us what the books are and really specifically how you can use it to shake up your business. So Mike, great to have you here on Cashing on Camera. When I talked to you in the pre-interview, you had come up with this, this term, shook. So explain to us what that vernacular means in your world. Yeah. So first of all, thank you, Sheriff, for this opportunity. So a shook is our brand, right? So if you think, well, God forbid, think fast food for a moment, you got McDonald's and Burger King, they have the Whopper and the Big Mac, right? Same right. kind of thing, but they're their own brand. So we needed a way to distinguish the types of books we help business owners, entrepreneurs, and corporate leaders publish. And we came up with this concept of a shook, which stands for short helpful book. So short, helpful book. The acronym is shook. Some people love it. Some people don't like it, but uh, it is it. our brand. I love it. And here's Thank why you. I love it because it just adds a little bit of fun to all of this. There's so much, I think in the world of entrepreneurship and business, it tends to be pretty serious stuff. Yeah. And I like that you've come up with this, this word shook, and it does very well represent what it is you're talking about. You're talking about short read books right? Mm -hmm. Let's just talk and go a little bit in depth. How short? Yep. So they're short enough that just about anybody can create one and maybe should create one, right? So whereas a traditional business oriented book, Cheryl, is let's say 250, 300 pages, maybe 100,000 words in the manuscript are short, helpful books. And they are real books. I mean, they look like a real book. They have text on the spine. They sit on a bookshelf but they're designed very intentionally, very specifically to be about a one to two hour read. Some people can read it in an hour, some people a little longer, but it's intentional. They can sit down in one sitting, or maybe they're jumping on the plane in New York by the time they land in Chicago, they have read the book cover to cover, which is good for a lot of reasons. So these books have about 12 to 15,000 words compared to the traditional length of a book. And while I'm a fan of larger, more bigger books, for a lot of people, Cheryl, I would advise them to write three 100-page books versus one 300-page book. There's a lot of good reasons why that would be a smarter strategy for a lot of nonfiction book authors. Okay, so let's dive into that a little bit more. Why is it more advantageous to have three 100-page books rather than trying to write the, the large form one? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, so first of all, it's easier, right? If you can say, I'm going to sit down and write a 100 page book. And obviously it's going to take a lot less time than a 300 page book. So that's one thing. The smarter strategy behind it, Cheryl, is most of us these days are not completing a book. Most business books have a lot of bloat, but they're bloated. A lot of unnecessary information. You got to kind of wade through to get to the nuggets of information. So why not have a more focused, tighter book? So let's say someone's thinking about writing a book on email marketing. Well, you could have a 300 page book on email marketing, but maybe you divide that book into three page, three books, one focused on the design of email, how it looks should look, maybe one on content. So it allows the readers to pick and choose which, what's more helpful for them, but it also allows you more marketing advantage. Now you have maybe three book funnels. You can now have three books on Amazon or online. 
they're very focused so that the title is going to attract a certain reader. Whereas one book might only attract one reader here. You're basically extending your opportunity to cast a wider net, but also serve the readers because they can get exactly what they want. Does that make sense? And I love that you talked about funnels, even though I'm not a big fan of the word funnel, because I think it conjures up this sort of like image of, I don't know, complication, but the truth is you have to have a sales process. Yeah. How are you generating leads? How are you nurturing people, leading them to sales, et cetera. And so what you talked about there in terms of the funnels, it's really just helping you to expand your opportunities by going down different rabbit holes, so to speak around in your example, email marketing. What are the biggest advantages in terms of, aside from having a funnel and leading people to sales, but like what other advantages are there to having these short form, short books, these shooks, as you put them? Well, I mean, you know, take one step back, just being a published book author, Cheryl, even in today's day and age where a lot of stuff is digital, a lot of stuff's online, there's still a lot of power to be able to hand someone your book, whether you're speaking, whether it's a prospect meeting, whether you're at an event, whatever it might be, there's still something special when you can say, Hey, Cheryl, here's a copy of my book. Maybe I sign it for you. We get a picture of it. That's hard to do with a PDF email, stuff like that. So there's still a lot of advantage to being a published book author. A lot of people still put a higher level of respect. So if there's two business owners, they do the same exact thing. Let's say there are dentists in your town. One's a published author. One's not more often than not people are going to respect, put a higher level of authority on the dentist who's written a specific book about dentistry, for example. So are the, just being a published author right. raises your credibility instantly. Absolutely. Yeah. And in addition to having opportunities for, again, creating funnels or creating a, a sales process that you can, you know, a customer journey. Um, and then I wanted to ask you about these short form, these quick read books, like there, are there ever hardcover short form books like this, or are they always. That's a great question. And you're actually hitting a pain point of mine because I have yet to do one for myself hardcover. So they could be, but here's the reason they're not. Okay. And again, I actually have an engineering degree. So I think things through very logically, very, I'm just way over, you know, way over engineer stuff. These books, as a matter of fact, I've written a show called the magic of free books. These are books that are meant to be lead generation books, which means rather than worrying about selling them, you want to give them away. You want them out there as much as possible. The cost for a hardcover book, Cheryl, is probably three to five times the cost of a paperback book, just to print it up. So for the kind of books that we're doing for the intentional use of them, we do not advise that those to be hardcover, which is why I haven't done my own hardcover. It's just, it's too expensive. It's, so they are paperbacks. We do offer digital versions. There's no reason it couldn't be a hardcover. I've talked to a couple of clients about that. They have a different type of book, more of a thought leader book. But uh, yeah, typically they're paperback. Right, because if the cost is exponentially more for the hardcover and your point is giving them away. So let's just dig into that a little bit more. Are These books are intended to open doors for you, right? It's like, uh, yes, the funnels, the credibility, yeah. the lead generation, et cetera. But then it opening doors, let's say to press, to be able to get earned media and things of that nature. Um, you want to give as many of these copies away. Does anyone who come to you ever want to actually make this the business where they're selling these types of books? 
or are you always recommend you give them away people you give them away yeah well people who come to us already know because they've read my shooks they already know i've been very intentional here's the kind of publisher we are for and here's who we're not for so yeah if you're looking to be on a new york times bestseller you're looking to do that kind of thing yeah we're not the right publisher for you but if you're looking for a very specific type of marketing book lead generation book we have a pretty cool way of doing it working with you and really creating something special so they already know cheryl uh, ahead of time of the kind of books that we're talking about here yeah. it doesn't mean you can't sell your books right we just right. i just launched my own book just a couple of days ago on veterans day and our goal is to raise money for a nonprofit with that book so yes we want to sell that book so right. there are reasons why but most of the time it's about the money to be made, Cheryl, is on the back end through your products and services in your business, not the one or two dollars you're going to make selling a book. Absolutely. And that's an important distinction. I think there yeah. still are people today who view books of any description, whether short or long, whether they're paperback or hardcover, and they think they're getting into the business of selling the book. Yeah. And, and there it's are like, people that do it. There, there are people that do there it. There are but yeah, people not, that do it. Yeah. But for the yeah. average entrepreneur and small business owner, that's like winning the lottery. I think it's much wiser to leverage your book in different ways and to be able to actually open doors and opportunities, business opportunities for you, and especially lead generation, which is exactly what these books are for, which I love. And so do you subscribe to the idea of, again, putting that out there almost as, as a self-liquidating offer? Because you have to pay for the books in advance, mm -hmm. but you're generating those leads, right? And you do, you crunch those numbers and you do that math. We often see people who are, online and they're pitching their book, but they're saying, just pay for the shipping, just pay for the shipping. And then we'll send the book. Does a shook play into that strategy? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's a matter of fact, I just had a call with one of our clients just before this interview where we've been doing this for four years in the legal space. And we have a series of shooks that are lead generation devices that are offered for free, but the end user, the consumer pays for shipping. And there's some reasons why you do that. But again, we're shipping a paperback book. You do want to have a self-liquidating offer if you can, so that you're covering at least your hard cost of the book and shipping. And it also gets some buy-in from the consumers. So there's a little bit of advantage to that too. But yeah, without a doubt, Cheryl, they make an ideal front end for an online or offline funnel. How long does it take? Let's say I like your idea of doing like three 100-page books. Let's say I wanted to do that, right? Uh, how much time does it take? What's the process to go through to extract those nuggets of wisdom from me to then put them in a book like this? So in our program, if everybody does their part, it's if. about an yeah, right. Well, <laughs> if you've worked with business owners, you know how that it goes. It's about eight to twelve, about eight to twelve weeks. That's really reasonable. We our world record, by the way, twenty three days. Oh, I love that. That was a, that that individual. She had a keynote presentation and all of a sudden she's like I got to have a book to give away at the keynote so it was a rush job you made it happen yep I love it what are some oh, how many books have you done like how well, many are me, for myself or for clients or well for clients I mean is it yeah we're up I think we're up at almost 225 250 over the years oh, 250 oh. entrepreneurs business so we're very specific business owners entrepreneurs corporate leaders that's all we yeah. serve it's non-fiction business oriented that's what we do I love it. What's the biggest mistake that you see people making who mm. are going down this path? They, they want to write a book. I mean, I, right. I think of examples of people that I talk to who, and I don't know if this is your experience, but I talk to people sometimes are like working on the book for years. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
So I had someone on my podcast earlier this year. It took him seven years to write his first book. And I'm interviewing him about his book. He caught wind of a shook. He, in like three months, Cheryl, he's getting ready to launch it next week. I just got the email. I'm going to help him launch it as a partner. He wrote his second book, which is now a shorter book in a matter of a few months. So from seven years to a couple months. So the first mistake is way over engineering this. If your book never gets done because you never finished it, it's not going to help anybody, right? This is about helping people with your book first and foremost. So yeah, it's over engineering it. It's also forgetting that these, a nonfiction business book, in my opinion, Cheryl, should be conversation starters. So you need to give interested readers pathways to connect with you. Many, many nonfiction business authors do not do that. They just sort of write the book and then leave it on the, it puts the onus on the reader to figure out how can I get more from Mike? Those pathways need to be very clearly defined in your book. So when you say those pathways clear in the book, are you meaning that you're actually including calls to action within Absolutely. the book? Yes. Yeah. We typically have two types of it, an active call to action and a passive active is the number one thing you want readers who really want what you have to do. In my case, it's book a call with me. The, the passive is the one where, where they're not quite ready for that. So they opt in for some more bonuses and stuff like that. Now they're on our email nurture campaign. So you'd have to really make sure that your calls to action are either generic enough and we know that they're not going to change over the long term if you're going to put them in a book. And the reason I say this is because I talk to a lot of people who are constantly changing domain names, constantly redoing their website. They're constantly redesigning, right? They're rebranding. Everyone's rebranding. You want to make sure that the calls to action that you, and obviously this is the help that you would provide for an author would be to make sure that it's going to stand the test of time, that call to action. Yes, but not necessarily, Cheryl. Here's another interesting thing that we do. I do it every year. So every year, our, most of most, not all of them, because there's some that are intentionally not on Amazon, but most of my shooks are on Amazon and we update them every year. So it gives us the opportunity to maybe change uh, to a better performing offer call to action, if you will. So I'm always looking, I tend to update them once a year. Amazon makes that very simple. They don't charge for that. You just upload a new interior file. And as long as it's not too dramatically different, that's a nice little tip that I leverage our clients leverage. So yes, you want it evergreen, but it doesn't all because it's in there. doesn't mean it's stuck there for life. Hmm. That's not the answer that I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah. We're always looking at things. As a matter of fact, our current offer in most of our shooks is really it, it outperformed pretty much everything we've done to date. So we want to have that, be able to kind of chuck and jive, if you will, and really see what's working and then change to that, if that makes sense. Is this with a shook, is it a print on demand or does the mm -hmm. author carry inventory? Do I have a yeah, hundred books yeah, here? Well, or that's, yeah, that's another great question because in the old days, my first book order, when I published my first book in 2007, I bought 3000 copies of it to get the price point correct. Amazon is print on demand. Essentially, we typically, we either print the books for our clients or they use Amazon depends, but maybe a hundred at a time, Cheryl. So it's not like this big stack of books because rather order them in small batches, go through them. And that way you don't have these boxes in your closet. Yeah. My husband actually wrote his first book in 2008 and it was at a time when you would purchase large quantities, even if it was self-published 
or you went to a print on demand, like you would want to print a lot of them to bring down the cost. But I think that this industry has really evolved quite a bit in the last decade. So it does allow for there to be even customization, I think, of books as well now. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Mike, this is so much fun. Ashok, who knew that nonfiction books, lead generation books could be so much fun to talk about. I love it. Tell us what is a tip, tool, tactic, or technique that helps you to market Shooks to help you market yourself for the age that we're in? Was social media is changing and undergoing a lot of changes, but what are some tips that you have to share with the audience to leave them with today? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be revolutionary here, Cheryl, but it is time tested and proven. So the first thing is, you know, this, and this has to do with just being in business in general, but being a book, a book author, it's always about serving your ideal target first, right? So I always approach things, everything about trying to serve first, serve the book reader, serve this person, whatever it might be. And if I, just by intentionally shifting that thought, it changes a lot of things. It ought to change a lot of things in a positive direction. So serve first. The other thing, and again, most people probably know this, but I'll just reiterate it. I was telling my daughter who's in college, her boyfriend, who's an entrepreneur, and he asked me, like, he's 20-something, early 20s, and he asked me, like, my secrets, and I told I gave him this advice. It's about being omnipresent, I believe, meaning as a business owner, entrepreneur, corporate leader, you want to be out there in as many ways as possible. Published author, blog, podcast, book, whatever it might be. I think being omnipresent, being out there in as many ways as your ideal target is consuming, whether it's online, offline, that's the key. You want to be out there. You want to be seen. You want to be visible. And I think that's never going away and it's only going to become more critical. I I agree. I think it's going to be even more critical as we move into the next evolution of the internet, which is upon us. We're just at the, it's in its infancy stage right now, but I think that in the future, it's really going to be about who do you know? Who do you have access to? Who's in your network? What's your database? Things of that nature are moving away from this like the vanity metrics of social media, which is obviously mm. seeing lots of changes. Your book plays perfectly into that. The Shooks play perfectly into that as well about having credibility and having a tool, really using the book as a tool to generate yeah. leads. That's what people need. And yeah. I just love it. So how do people get in touch with you? I'd love to share your website on this magic kit. I love it. Yeah. So again, we have some cool for your followers. So I have three Shooks that I'm going to give you access to. They are the full book, the full Shook that you can read online. So if you go to MikeCapuzzi.com forward slash magic, just let me know that you heard me on Cheryl's show. We'll send you a links to read those three Shooks right online, Cheryl. That's fantastic. Wonderful. Mike, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate your time sharing this with us on Shooks and how business owners can utilize these quick read, one to two hour nonfiction books to generate leads and so many other benefits. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Cheryl. This podcast features curated audio originating from live video interviews simulcast on social media. You can catch full video episodes at Cheryl Plouffe and on my YouTube channel. To learn how we can help you use video to grow your business, visit CherylPlouffe.com. Remember, you can send us a voicemail question or suggestion for inclusion in the show from our main podcast page. 
Cash In On Camera is a production of Cheryl Pluff Media.